Hello and welcome to episode three, Two Woods Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. My name's Will and I'm sat here with my cousin Michael. Mike, how are you getting on, mate? Good week? Mate, yeah, it's all right. I'm all, uh, I'm all bunged up. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to hear this. I've got the old back to school flu. All you freshers out there that are all starting uni, I've got whatever you're coming down with. So yeah, I'm all right, mate. I've got the snivels though. Some kids probably sneezed on me. I'm all, I'm all alright. I've lap flowed about eight times. I've probably had more lap flows than I've had hours sleep. Just about to ask. I've probably had more lap flows than I've had hours sleep in the last week. So, yeah. <laughs> other, other than that, mate, I'm all, I'm all good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. You got the freshest flu without the fun. I know, um, I know. But the same amount of sleep, apparently. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm all good. Uh, we're doing this at a weird time, aren't we? We're doing it much later in the week. We're doing it on a Thursday. A couple of reasons for that. A bit of tech issues. Um, some health issues after some very, very sore heads on Sunday. The clogs were turning up top, but much, much slower than usual. So we gave it a crack, but we thought, you know what, we can do far better than that. So we're going again, take two. Um, and the third reason is we haven't got a game this weekend. So we thought we'll take the extra few days and get a really strong episode plan. And, And here we are. We've got plenty to talk about, haven't we, mate? Yeah, loads. You've got your plans for the week off? Obviously, the women women are playing at... 4.15, I think it is, down at Gloucester Heartbreeze. So I'll um I'll stick that on my phone and watch that while I'm out and about. But are you uh, any plans for the week off? I've got big plans, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm Watford away, mate. I'm up to Leeds of course on you are. Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah hospitality nice. box at Ellen Road. Courtesy of Adidas, we'll cash in on that one, won't we? You'd be, yeah, <laughs> it's funny, too. actually, because um, everybody always tries to go for the Man United tickets or the Arsenal tickets or the Leicester tickets. Um, nobody ever wants to, to go and watch... Watford away at Leeds, funnily enough, which is good for me because it means I always get the Watford tickets. So yeah. I'll cash in on that. No, I look forward to it. What about yourself? Got any games this weekend in cricket? I'm guessing no, no. done. No, cricket's all done. No, nothing this weekend. Um, I've got a load of work to do. Got a lot of lesson planning. It's really boring, really, really boring stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. But well, we've, we'll get cracking with the episode then. We'll leave it on that sour note about what your yeah, weekend's saying. And we'll move on to what's, what's happened in the past over the last 10 days, I suppose, now and what's coming up. Um, plenty and plenty of news and things happening in the Quinn's world. We'll start with the very first thing. We'll go in chronological order. Very first thing is that man, Andre the Giant at Andre. 12, has re-signed with Harlequins. Give me your initial thoughts on that. Well, firstly, I'm absolutely delighted because he's one of the few players in the squad that I can actually have a selfie with or a photo with <laughs> that I don't have to like tower over maybe him, Simo. Steph, Dino Lamb. Other than that, we're slim pickings a little bit about who I can, you know, perch next to for a photo. Um, I'd like. Oh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough up here. At Did you five. see the Instagram comment the other day? Me, you, and it's Laurie Scott. Someone commented on the song. Like, Is Will really short? I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> Is it Will really short or is Michael and Scott massive? It's the same. You know what's funny, mate? After I saw that comment, I thought, I'm going to Google Scott Baldwin's height. He's six foot two. No, he's I'm not. not that short. You're obviously six five. Five, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, a bit of perspective for anyway, everyone listening. Circle back to uh circle back to Andre. It's massive. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's absolutely massive, mate. I mean, other than probably, you know, Marcus and that, you know, eight, nine, ten combination, which has been so good for us over the last few years, he's probably our most important player. Um, mm. with the departure of someone like Brownie, it, it's it's huge for us. I mean, we were having this chat. I think during the week, someone else mentioned it. He's probably in the top three, four inside centres in World Rugby at the minute. I mean, yeah, 100%. you know, Dear Londa from South Africa. I know Karevi yeah. played for Australia at the weekends. Throw, throw another name at me. Anyone else that springs to mind? 
I'll tell you what, he's very unlucky to be South African because if it wasn't for Dialende, um, yeah. he would probably be starting. And any other international team, he'd definitely be in the squad, um, which will only benefit us. So I think it's definitely great business from, from Laurie and the coaches to get him to put pen to paper. He's, he's so unique. It's yeah, funny, is. you see these big barreling 12s quite frequently in the modern day game. But it literally is men against boys when you watch him play. He was dragging people off him against Worcester. He absolutely nailed people against Newcastle. Watching the preseason games against Leinster, he was punching holes all the time, every single carry. That kind of player is critical to the way that we want Quinns to play, to get front football, to get Marcus attacking, to get Danny attacking, to play those clever kicks in behind when everybody's out of position because of the carry that he's he's just made. Yeah. It's huge bit of business and because of the because of the attention because of the attention that he draws as well that allows the space to be everywhere almost everywhere else 100%. and you know we're obviously known now as the team that throws it about but without his punch off the front foot and smashing holes in people we don't get that um 100% and it's also you know the way he can shirk a tackle and free his arms and offload the ball Again, it's the amount of attention that he draws yeah, as almost the, as almost yeah, a little bit like that, almost as the focal point of our attack. Obviously, it's not him; it's the ten and the nine. But everything that we get that goes forwards more directly goes through him, and he's yeah. he's a machine. You know, last year we saw him, um, you know, kicking with his left foot as a, as a kicking option, which we, we did, didn't we? we, we did. Which I think with ice, it's really good. You know, having that other option. I love the fact that when we come up against a side like, uh, well, let's talk about Bristol, for example, in our next game, if they have a semi Rosrada that's lining up in that mm. midfield channel. Clash of the Titans. Go for your life, mate. Run into Andre all you want. He's not moving anywhere, yeah. you know? And he, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And he's also a really, really lovely guy. Um, I assume he's signed on a relatively large contract now because of given yeah. how important he is. Yeah, it probably will be, but worth every single penny. Oh, 100%. No one will dispute that either. Every single penny that he's getting, he's worth his weight in gold. 100%. What's special about him as well is that nine times out of 10, our attack does fire. And that one time out of 10, you know you've still got him up your sleeve and he'll still do a job and he'll still break the line. So even when everything's not quite clicking, he's, he's critical no matter what position the team's in. So yeah, really pleased with that bit of business. Speaking of him and his performances, man of the match against Worcester at the weekend wasn't just the return to the stoop for the players, it was return to the stoop for the fans. First home game of the season, the stoop was rocking, the South Stand was stamping the feet on their mat and floor. We were at the patch before singing a few songs. I was giving it the beginning in the Robshaw bar after the game, all my mate's shoulders, unbelievable DJ in there, some absolute cheesy classics with Bon Jovi yeah, and Abba and Oasis that everybody loved after several pints. So yeah. that was great. How was your day? We weren't sat together, but we were both in and around the space. Yeah, it was um, it was good, mate. Obviously, it's um, I'm obviously still recovering from a broken finger at the minute, so I haven't been able to play. Um, but yeah, I've been looking forward to that day for not just you know blah 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 since COVID, but for a few weeks I've sort of had that day penciled in as that'll be a really really good day. Yeah. Um, I had a, my two housemates with me that are season ticket holders now. I had a few of my mates who were sort of in and around. Um, we went to the cabbage patch beforehand, had a big sing song with the Quins a lot. Um, that was wicked. Some of those, some, some of those songs will stick, some of them won't. Um, but no, that was good. 
walking to the ground was good fun, getting in the shop beforehand, get him a new match shirt for the season, all those little things. Um, yeah, I did get a new shirt. Um, and then... Real occasion. Yeah, well, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was good fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, the one thing that I... Obviously, we started trying to create this busier atmosphere with sort of the, the our age of sort of fans and our sort of generation of fans and bringing a new generation of fans through the club. I want that place popping every time we have a home game. I want it rocking. And looking around during the game, there are sort of corners where you can see a bit of church. There's small groups of fans here and there. I'm in the South stand, sort of in the, in the corner in the cheap seats. Um, I was a little bit higher up last time in my old ticket. Obviously I've moved because I'm with, the, with my mates now rather than sat by myself. Um, and I was sort of looking out onto the ground and there's a load of noise going on behind me, which I absolutely love. But what I want this year, and I know you mentioned sort of the bang of the feet in the South stand, but what I want is that South stand this year to be like the cop. That's what I want. I want it. Yeah. Stamp your feet. Every time we get the ball noisy, don't stand up for 80 minutes because that's irritating. So stay in your seat. Don't really be standing, but just, I want loads and loads and loads and loads of noise. I'm going to make that. That's just, this is my call to arms. South stands. Song after song. Yeah, just constant. Rah, you know, I want it noisy. This is my call to yeah. arms. For what the- it is for me, it's when we've got a penalty and we kick for the corner. Yeah. As soon as it goes out, that's when everybody in that corner needs to erupt. Yeah. Lift the boys as they come trotting over down there. It's when we've just about to set for a scrum probably around their 22 mark. Yeah. That's when it's like, get yeah. loud, get behind and be the sixth, be the ninth man in the pack, be the 16th man on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm totally with you on that one, mate. I'm, um, I'm obviously taking advantage of the, the Adidas partnership and cashing in on the tickets that we get there. But if there's ever a spare going in the South stand, I'm joining you in there and, and making a hell of a noise because it looked amazing on Saturday. But that's a couple that's, of other, that's my call to arms very quickly. That is my call to arms, the South stand for season tickets this year. Let's make that like the cop. And I'll be down in the corner, banging my feet, and I want to look behind and have a have a quartered wall behind me. That's what I want. That's my that's my rally cry. That's my next social media meme. I'm going to Photoshop your face onto Jurgen Klopp as he does that video rallying the cop after a game. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, two more bits of news because we've got a jam packed episode today. Actually, we're going to talk through our our thoughts and our review of Worcester. I've got another iteration of Would You Rather for you. Lovely. Um, we're going to have a look ahead at the next sort of 10 days or so for the club. Um, we're also going to catch up with Pete Breeley from Bears Beyond the Gate, the Bristol Bears fan podcast, previewing our game in just over a week's time now. So moving on, two more pieces of news. Not really news, but still pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Caden Murley's scored a try on his 50th appearance for the club. Yep. Celebrated with the J-Lings, Jesse Lingard hand celebration. Club put it out on Twitter. Jesse Lingard got involved, noticed it, first of all, which is pretty impressive when he's got shitloads of followers, and then actually engaged with it, which is pretty cool when he probably doesn't know who Harlequins are, let alone Caden Murdy. <laughs> and then the third thing he did was invite Caden to, to take on a Michael Jackson dance for his next celebration, with the prize being box tickets to a United game. So, Caden, no judging the, the dance moves for your next try, but you've got to make that happen. That'd be yeah, unreal. 100%. Um, Great bit of PR for the club. Great bit of PR for Caden. Really cool moment. That's what I love about social. And this is the social media nerd in me coming out now. Yeah. But those kind of interactions are priceless, aren't they? How yeah. Think of that? yeah, it was cool, wasn't it? I mean, I'm, uh, I get I get beyond my football. I'm a Brighton Hove Albion fan. 
dirty, dirty one all away way draw at Palace on Monday night, um, which Marcus will be happy about. Hell of um, for you, lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, 100%. That's so sick, isn't it? You know, someone who's, I mean, obviously he was at West Ham on loan last year, back at United, um, missed out on the world, on the uh, Euro squad. Sorry, there's a few bit of social media stuff I saw in the summer of him in like, you know, your box parks in Wembley, obviously enjoying With the... With a parrot on his shoulder. Yeah, weird, wasn't it? But like, I mean, I love that. I like that. Um, but yeah. But yeah, Quirky. obviously, you know, someone who's probably doesn't care even remotely about rugby. Um, but well, no, he does now. Jay Lings well, is a quid. He does now. Jay Lings is a quid. Too right. Yeah. But no, yes, that's, that's sick. That's sick, isn't it? And I hope that if, not say if, when, obviously, Caden, yeah, on, if Kay. you're listening, don't yeah, bottle it. Don't yeah, bottle it. Bottle. Make sure you get the, make sure you get some proper dance moves out there. Um, I hope they, and I hope he takes like, I mean, I know he lives with Marcus Smith. I hope he takes Marcus with him and they have a little day out. Um, obviously, if you it's not like on, Brighton or something. Yeah, obviously, if it's not on a Saturday when they're playing for, yeah. for us. But I hope the club I hope he really like, commits to the dance move. It yeah, can't be an awkward, too. like, oh, I've done it. It's got to be like fully commit. Properly, yeah. I'll back that. But I hope, um, yeah, class. I hope the club give him like a little GoPro or something to take on the day, like Caden and Marcus is taught to, taught to Old Trafford <laughs> or something like that. Quinn's are wicked at content like that, aren't they? I'm sure they will. Sure they will. Right, last bit of news, and then we're talking rugby again. Well, we're talking rugby now. Yeah, um, there was no game for Harlequins women last weekend, but this week, seeing on the socials, Rachel Burford and Sarah Beckett are back in training. Great news for the women's team. I mean, difficult to come off the back of a loss last week, but if you ever needed a boost, it's getting your captain back and it's getting your starting number eight back. So great to see those two. Back on the pitch, back interacting with the rest of the squad and, and doing a few drills. I don't know how long it'll be till they're out playing again, but it's only going to be a positive sign. It's only going to be positive for the rest of the squad as well to have those two influencing the rest of the team. Yeah, I think um, I think they'll still be a way off um, playing. But yeah, I mean, no athlete likes sitting on the sides being injured. It's a pretty dark place to be. Um, and yeah, getting back into training and mixing in with the other ladies, I'm sure they're absolutely loving it. So yeah, hopefully that's... Um, it's a real smooth recovery for them and a smooth transition into some full biff, hopefully not too far in the future. And we can get them back out of the stoop, tear the place up. Absolutely. They've got um, Gloucester Harper away on Saturday, yeah. as you said. I think it's 4.15 kickoff. So good to see them back in action. We don't have a game this weekend. We've got a week off, which is quite nice. So let's talk the week we've just had. Let's talk Warriors. First time game of the season. Bonus point win. Five points. 10 out of 10 in total. Give me your thoughts. Um, I've, I've struggled with this a little bit through the week because I've watched the highlights a couple of times and I don't really know what to make of it as an 80-minute sort of game because I thought we started really slowly. We gave away two or three penalties. They had a couple of kicks, although Williams missed one. And then, obviously, we just sort of grew into the game really, really nicely. We scored those three tries and had a 21-point swing. Yeah, And then you think... You know, that's what we've done to teams over the last year or so. We've just sort of yeah. had, had had too much for them. Um, Half-time came, um, was it right before the half? We had that penalty and some dinosaur was sitting in front of me yelling, take the three, take the three. And I was like, have you not been watching us for the last year? Like, what game have you been looking at? We kicked to the oh, corner, we, kicked to the corner, we go and take our seven. Um, yeah, it was just, it was an odd one, but... And then they obviously then grew back into it. It was one of those ones where, weirdly, again, at no point did I ever think that we'd lose the game. But you just never really take it for granted when they get a sort of try away from you, do you? Weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, a bit uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Yeah, my take on it was first try of the game, no surprises who, Lewis Liner, yeah. back on the score sheet, three and two, and then jets off. I say jets off, he cycles on his bike down the road to Tellington with England <laughs> for the three, two, three-day camp. So, yeah, no surprises who got the first one. And he's a deadly finisher already, isn't he? He had no right to finish that. He took it pretty far out with plenty of defenders in front of him. And he just said to them, look, you're going to have to stop me. Like, just stop me. Head down. Put his head down. You can see, like, the clock's turning in his head and all of a sudden, right, I'm going to go for it. Head down, charged, and just barreled his way over. It was wicked. He's going to be a real positive um, in that England camp as well, I think. And he'll he'll learn plenty from there. And that space that he's going to be in is going to be incredible for his growth, let alone... The, the season he's already having with Quinn. So good to have them all back now. And I hope he's learned a lot and he's already deserved that, that experience in the camp. The rest of that first half for me, I thought, as you say, that it was a slow start, but as first halves go, not conceding a try, scoring three yourself, finishing the half with a kick to the corner to, to get from the penalty. I mean, we, we even dm simon Carroll. i can't remember how the conversation started but we said you just don't take the points do you he was like no you can keep your three we want the seven and that was epitomized by going for the corner in that moment only to to ship it out wide fairly scrappily to to caden to finish on his 50th appearance so what better way to end the first half i was chuffed at that point um confident that we were going to go on and win it regardless of whether they got a try or not um second half Obviously, good to get another couple of scores. March right in front of me looks slightly forward, but I mean, we'll take it. And as a result, we got the five points. It wouldn't be Quinns if we didn't concede a load of tries in the process. I actually read a really good article today about how um, Owen East was coming. He's changed the culture, not by himself, but the coaches have done it as a collective because there's now no one person that's accountable. It's a full squad effort and they they went back to their roots as Owen Eastwood so often does with teams and talks about how Adrian Stoop always loved to use the width of the pitch and fast forward to where we are now and the identity of the club is to play a bit of rugby. It's like the attitude isn't about playing ugly rugby. And if you're going to play ugly rugby, that's when you don't concede tries. We're playing beautiful rugby, thrilling rugby and it's inevitable you're going to, you're going to ship a few at the same time so I'm starting to adjust to that I think we've broken all the broken all the rules about how you win a championship you can't win a championship with shipping 38 points as we did against Exeter or was it 36 can't remember but we're breaking all the rules and we've done it and I'm starting to come to terms with that that we'll always outscore a team so as uncomfortable as it was to see them get a try last play of the game and we've given them two free points We've got five. Let's focus on ourselves. Let's do our job. We're, we're maximum for maximum. What a result. We've got two weeks off now, two weeks of prep for Bristol. They're having oh, a torrid time. Can't yeah, wait to speak are. to Pete very shortly because can't it, wait to hear what he's got. To say. Here's a question then. You say you'll come to terms with that and you're just sort of accepting the fact that actually that won't change. We're not going to become this watertight defensive structure overnight. At what point... Yeah. Because this is the sort of conversation I had with Sunday after the game. You know, that going for the point corner mentality, almost at ev- almost any any time of the game, no matter what the score, at some point that will, I think, cost us a game where maybe you be a little bit more pragmatic and take the points that are on offer. At some point, I think that will probably happen. But I think that mentality I and that right. system will probably lose... That, that mentality will win us more games than it loses us games because often we will end up taking more points. Gosh. 
But yes, that was going to be my answer. But it will win us more than we lose. Yeah, I agree. But in in that defensive thing, you know, sometimes if you say, "Oh, we're just going to accept that maybe we're not going to be that watertight," at what point? And I hope it doesn't happen, but you can almost see it happening against maybe someone like Bristol or a Leicester, for example, who are fit and fine at the minute. If they do put on 40 against us and we don't have that magic day in attack where something doesn't go right, we only score a try here or there, at what point then does that lack of defence sort of, you know, in inverted commas, become an issue? I don't think it does. I think our team is so maverick in the way that it plays, that you can't really analyse us. You can't, yeah. once you've had a game, whether we've won or lost, you can't really dwell on it because it's so unique. Every game we play is so unique. The one time I think we need to be more pragmatic, as you say, is knockout rugby. And yeah. in the Premiership, that doesn't come until May. So for now, I'm happy playing the way we are. In Europe, maybe I'd like to see us slightly more conservative at times and take three minutes on offer when we play Castro or Cardiff, especially when we get into the the full-blooded knockouts because I'm confident we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. But to, to me, play the way that we play. We'll win more than we lose. We might lose the occasional league game. It's bound to happen. It's professional sport. Let's lose it the right way. Doing, our way. Doing our way. I mean, there were so many quick taps from Danny at the weekend, which I haven't seen for a while, which were brilliant. Yeah. I mean, one of the tries we scored, we just skipped the line out. We could have kicked the corner, taken the line out, and then I think it was Lewis or somebody scored in the corner. We just thought, you know what, we'll, we'll tap and go and do it now. And it was brilliant to watch. Scott Still, when he came on. Yeah, he was excellent. Titled impact players. He was electric. He was great. He was carrying. Um, he took a quick tap and very, very nearly got over the line himself. And I'm all for that. Yeah. And if we lose the odd game along the way, it will hurt at the time. And we'll probably complain a little bit because we're fans and we want to win every game by 20 points and score five tries, or four tries and get five points, whatever. But it will happen. Yeah. And I'd rather we kept our DNA and... Most, most of the time it clicks and we win. And when it doesn't, we'll learn from it. As long as it doesn't happen in knockout rugby, which is where I think we should try and be a little bit more pragmatic. Having said that, Bristol and Exeter, we didn't and we still won. But maybe other teams look at us in knockout rugby and fear the way that we play and feel like they've got to match us and that's where we win. If they stick to their game and play their game, that's when I think we're in trouble a little bit and need to take the points. But it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Yeah. I'm I think, very happy with where we are. I think you make a very good point. In those games where there's in the pool games and the league games where it's bonus points on offer, this, that, and other X, Y for scoring numbers, points, play our way, do everything. But maybe if we get to a quarterfinal and we're Ulster away or Claremont away, I don't care. And if we have to win the game by three points by taking three, maybe we will. Or... Exactly. Who cares? Or who cares? Maybe we won't. We'll just try and beat him by 30 every week. And that's why we love it. And that's, <laughs> yeah. why the minute the, the yeah. and that's why the minute the Stoopers sold out. I mean, I tried to get some tickets for a frame for the Saturday yeah, game exactly earlier. exactly right. That's what the, yeah. the, you know. Every seat in the ground, if if you're not in individual ones, is all sold out. Bristol's sold out at home. That's why it is. So yeah, let's not change that. Anyway, let's not dwell on yeah. you know changing rugby. We, yeah, we're, we're we're talking. We got a bit philosophical there, which I quite enjoyed. Um, bit of yeah. Harlem Globetrotters, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And let's um, bloody stick to it. What one area that did frustrate me against Worcester was the Willie Hines try. It looked far too simple. The, the yeah. kick over the top and collect and dot down. I think I don't think we can associate that with us being mavericks and playing with flair i think that was just poor positioning i think that's the kind of thing where i would get frustrated if we lost because of a try like that for example or a try at the end where we weren't really still on the pitch were we because we we know we'd had five points we know we'd won, we'd won the game and they were just picking and going and it was like well 
we'll get off in a minute anyway. And they got two points from it and it doesn't affect us. But I'd like us to have that steel of premiership champions where you, you want everything and you want everyone else to have nothing. That's the only other thing that bothers me slightly. But yeah, I think they'll sort out that positional thing with the Willie Hines try. I don't know if Tyrone Green was in a ruck somewhere and that position didn't get filled, but it looked far too easy. There was a really cool moment actually in the first half where they kicked him behind, probably going for one of those 50-22s and Tyrone is sprinted and really, really, really looked like he was, you know, gliding across the turf. Plucked this ball running back over his head, like clutched in his yes, talons almost. It was so good to watch. And then also... That got a cheer, didn't it? Massive cheer. It was sort of quite, you know, yeah. in my sort of island where I was sitting. Um, and then you think, yeah, circle on the next half. There's a massive hole in behind. Where's Tyrone? But hey, look. Who cares? I don't, <laughs> exactly. care. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. 10, 10 out of 10. And we're going to batter Bristol, Bristol home on a Friday night. So all's good. I'm happy. <laughs> Something else that got a massive cheer. The return of Scott Baldwin. Um, yeah. Got a standing ovation when he came off. You could just see how sorely missed he is. He was a massive fan favourite of the club. Um, not just with fans, but particularly with players as well. You could see the, the post-match conversations he had with Joe Marler on the pitch for a good 20 minutes or so. All of the Quinns players went around afterwards and, and did photos and autographs, etc. And and he did that as well with not only the Worcester fans, but with the Quinns fans. We actually got a photo with him and, and had a brief chat as well, didn't we? So, I mean, that's why you love rugby, right? Yeah. Opposition player now, one of our own, sorely missed and still making the time for... Well, I guess he's a Quinns legend now, isn't he? He's a premiership winner, so that was pretty special. There were two or three moments actually for the day that got the hairs on the back of my neck standing up. One was Marcus and Steph praying the trophy. Um, I'm surprised our women's side didn't do that with their trophy. I thought that would have been you know, something would have been cool. Um, Berth hobbling around in her crutches, wheeling a trophy in, in her other hand. Not um, anymore. That trophy. Not anymore. Yeah, she is. But yeah, no, that was that was obviously really cool. That trophy sort of you know salute to four corners of the ground. That was excellent. And the second was the pre-match fireworks and stuff. And then you swing your head around. Then everyone's on their feet and cheering. Yeah. And then the other two were. The reception of Scott Baldwin left the field on the 60th minute or so. Yeah. The whole Charles Stanley, Stan Rose, massive appreciation for him. He is a Queens legend, of course he is. He was a massive, massive part of the what is going to be one of the most fondly remembered premierships that we probably ever have. And then the other was Absolutely. Sarah Cox's ovation as she came off the ground uh, yeah, uh, five, ten minutes after the full-time whistle. She walked off with the two touch judges and got an absolutely amazing reception. And we won't, you know, go too cliche with it but she was brilliant on the day commit with her decisions etc fantastic for the game yeah. I'm glad it happened for us I'm glad that was on our home turf that that piece of history was made yeah 100% yeah she's a, she's a bit of a trailblazer isn't she I saw a brilliant tweet actually saying for, for all the media attention and, and unwanted eyeballs on her pre-game Nothing about the game was about her, which is exactly how it should be. And that's probably the biggest compliment you can give a referee. So, yeah, yeah she was exceptional. Great to also great to get that done. I feel like it's a long time coming. It's now no longer a talking point about having a female referee. That's now the norm. Yeah. So, right. nice to have that occasion with us, but now it's done and it's now the norm. So, I'm yeah. sure she'll want that as well. And it was nice to see her get presented with a shirt from Quinns and a shirt from Worcester. Yeah, that was really cool, wasn't it? That, as was well. really that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. I didn't expect that. And I'm sure she probably didn't either. So, yeah. That was cool. One moment we haven't talked about from the day, which really made me laugh. Um, Caden Murley's try. We've talked about how scrappy the build-up play was. 
um, let's talk about how scrappy the dive was because I think he forgot he was playing <laughs> in mid to late September and it was a very bumpy dive. Over yeah, it was. He yeah. dive, didn't he? Yeah. The early dive. If it was November, he would have glided over beautifully, but it was um, yeah, I've actually just a hard I've, landing. I've thought of a little sort of social media thing for you. Weirdly, a couple of days ago, I watched the Grand Tour. You know when they go to Mongolia? I'll have to remind myself. Basically, there's an epic, there's a scene in it where they're going up this mountain in this car that they build, and the cars are hopping along, going hopping along. I might get you to see Jai Caden's face in the front of that. Yeah, he'll appreciate that. Um, my other favourite moment of the day was in the Robshaw bar afterwards. Yeah, it nice. Looks, it looks very different when it's not a vaccination centre. Obviously, I had both of my vaccines in there, but it was absolutely buzzing afterwards. We said we were going to leave about four times. And then every time we're sort of ushering out the door, another belter yeah, comes did, on yeah. and I rush back to the bar. Massive conga. That was class. And I know that there was a, a few people we spoke to after there that said, it's always been like this. It's been like this. So we know people don't know that. It's always been like this. But that's been my sort of first real experience of it because I didn't ever venture in there when I was just a season ticket holder at uni. I'd often go to the games, have a beer with my mate and then I'd go home. Obviously, now that I know loads yeah. of people in and around there, I stick around it more. We go in, we spoke to D-Rog, et cetera. And we were in there for about two and a half hours. My mates went off to the Fox and I had to catch up with them. because I was busy Were you in there, two and a half hours? About that, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I turned around. Really? I literally was like, right, lads, we'll have one quick pint and then we've got to get to the Fox. My mates have already gone. Oh, we have more I went that, to yeah. the toilet. I came back and your, your three mates had all got the, t- the double pint jugs in their hand. I was like, oh, God, no. Here we go. It's always the last one, isn't it? Just one yeah. more. Just one more. And that was genuinely, um, that was about yeah, four I do times. I turned, I turned around to Ed, your mate, about four times. I was like, right, one more, one more, one more, one more. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to go to a pop. Well, we did go to a party in Soho. Yeah. Um, I was like, lads, what are we doing after this? And one of them was like, oh, we've got a friend who's having, who's like rented a bar in Soho. There's a two grand bar tab. And we were like, well, we're going there then, aren't we? Yeah. And we were like, right, we're going. And about three super pints later, an hour and a half or two and a half hours, as you say, everyone's like, where are you? And we're like, oh, we're on our way now, sort of dribbling <laughs> and trying to crawl our way to the station, get there. And of this two grand tab, there's probably only about a hundred quid left. So in central London, that's like one drink each. Yeah. Two, two pints. I mean, that yeah. shows the sort of circles that you're rolling in compared to me. You're mixing it with the high rollers in Soho with two grand bar tabs. And I had to sit in the Fox and the outside bit with my mates buying me beers. I'd lost my ID on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did. Have you got that back yet? No, not getting it back. No, it's gone. You've got I it had... back? No, I gone. Know. Oh, gone. No idea where it is. I had to call the ticket office today when I was at work and get them to resend a membership oh. card. I had to pay get a new gym membership. I had to oh, reapply for cards. No, not yet because I need Apple Pen on my phone, don't I? So if anyone, can... if anyone does find my wallet, you know, take 20 quid on my contact list for your troubles, then please send it back to me. <laughs> anyway. Nice. Right, well, we have got. We've got a few more minutes and then we're going to catch up with Pete. So let's move on to the new segment, which I'd like to keep every week because I think it's quite interesting. Yeah. Would you rather? I've only done one question for you this week. Otherwise, I feel like three is a bit excessive. So okay. it's a good one because it's a rest week. I've seen today that Scott Steele, James Chisholm and Jack Stafford are away in Lisbon. Plenty of beers, Hello. plenty of budgie smugglers, a uh, little bit of sunshine. So good to see them getting away in their week off. I don't know what everybody else is up to. Obviously, the England lads have been in camp and, and probably just getting home and, and resetting again. Yeah. My would you rather is a tough one. Would you rather go to Lisbon with Jack Stafford, James Chisholm, and Scott Steele? A few budgies, a bit of culture. 
Or would you rather go to Cardiff with Dommers, Northmore, and D Rodge? A few beers, a few nightclubs. Wow. You got culture and some with the lads versus beers and nightclub with the lads. So who's in Lisbon? Chisholm, Stafford, and Scott Steele. Yeah. All in budgie smugglers. I think the budgie smugglers might be the killer for me because my rig's so sloppy. <laughs> If I, had a be- if I had a better rig or if I'd worked harder on my rig over the summer, it's getting better. Oh, I don't know. Cardiff sounds yeah, well, It's It's Cardiff. right now. It Cardiff. would be today. Right where now. Would you be? Yeah, where would you be? I reckon a Cardiff night out with the Kings of Cardiff. The Kings of Cardiff. I'm not putting Cardiff D-Rose, Cardiff in, that com- I'm not, I'm not putting D-Rose in that conversation. He's not in the Kings of Cardiff. North or Dommers, maybe. Yeah, um, fairness, that's a hard question because you couldn't turn down D Rodge because you'd never hear the end of it, would you? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to go for because I've spent all afternoon on games out in the freezing cold and the wind and the rain. I fancy a little bit of Lisbon, I reckon. Last He's bit of sun. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And I don't you know what. I'll, I've got a pair of budget sluggers upstairs. I will stick them on and I'll have a big bucket hat and some sunglasses and I will sip on whatever they're sipping on. <laughs> nice. Break the booze ban again. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a tough one. I think I'd have gone for... I mean, it's miserable today. It's miserable right now. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm looking outside my window now and it's a dark, cold, damp yeah, sub- just get September, away. September evening. I thought, ah, yeah, I fancy We've skipped autumn. We've gone fancy. straight to winter. I do fancy a weekend in Portugal. But, yeah, for sure. But if we do do Cardiff Way in the European Cup, I'm going to hit up Dobbers and Northwood and D. Roger. We're going to get down there and tear the place up. Oh, they'll definitely have a few recommendations, won't they? Yeah. Especially from their uni rugby days. You pretty much don't leave any stone on turn D. You do everything. Never. All right, then. Let's do a look ahead. We've got our bye week this weekend, which I think is a good thing. We're all yeah. sitting on maximum points. A few sore bodies have got a little bit of extra time to recover. Thinking about the, Joe Marler, who may not have had as much fit, match fitness as he'd have liked. As I was stood around the side of the pitch um, post-game, Big Steph was walking around. Someone shouted out to him. When he back, he said, hopefully Bristol. So that's as much of an exclusive as I think we're going to provide to you. So good, yeah. to, good to hear that. Um, although we have got another exclusive, because also after the game, we bumped into Laurie Dalrymple. Who's the big dog. Come on the pod. The big dog, the CEO, Mr. CEO, coming on the pod. That's your exclusive. We don't know when. Um, and we don't know how, but, but it's happening. We're going to make it happen. It's happening. That's the most important thing. Laurie is coming on. That is happening. <laughs> um, the other big news about Bristol is that we'll have Marcus Smith back. And the other big news about Bristol is that they've just been pumped twice. They lost at home to Saris, and then they've just got annihilated by Wasps. They've got the West Country Derby tomorrow night um, against Bath, which could be another banana skin. So... Intrigued to hear Pete Brudy's thoughts. Get into that in a second. Mike, what are your thoughts going into Bristol? How are you feeling? How am I feeling about the Bears? Um, massively confident. I think they're dreadful. I think they are uh, a poor outfit. Um, I think that Kyle Sinclair's looking for a move back to the stoop. Uh, and we're going to absolutely batter him. Crystal, get they don't. I don't want to eat my own words. Don't want to eat my own words. No, um, screw it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll eat them up. I'll eat them up for breakfast. Uh, I don't think they. I don't think they'll fancy it. Friday night at the suit. The place is gonna be rocking. Marcus might be back. The magic man. Always tough on Tommy Allen. If Marcus is available, I'd still start Marcus. Obviously, but that is really tough on Tommy. Oh, good question. 
Yeah, it's, it's tough, but really I, I, that's what I do. That's what I do. It's nasty on Tommy Allen. He, um, He's been brilliant. But Tommy on the bench, though, right? You've got to have a yeah, table yeah. on the bench, which we haven't had for a little while now. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's a Friday night and it's straight after work, so I'll be excited. The weekend's rolling yeah. in. They'll, I, think we'll, I think we'll man. beat them. I think we'll beat them. Yeah, I think we'll beat them. I think we'll beat them. I'm interested to watch their game tomorrow night, actually, because it could be a dress rehearsal. It's Friday night game for them. Could that benefit them having a Friday night game the week before? Who knows? Might become, I don't know. Psychologically, you might become a little bit more accustomed to it once you've done it once. Who knows? Um, Selection-wise, who's okay. who you bringing in? Uh, are we saying that Steph is available? Yeah, I'm taking his word for it. If Steph says he's available for Bristol, he's available for Bristol. Bench them for me. Oh, I don't okay. think I don't uh, think Dino and Simo deserve to be parked. Just if he's coming back from an injury as well, big ass going in for eighty minutes or seventy minutes or straight away against Bristol. So it'd be bench. Yeah, um, right. it'd be bench. It'd be Marcus at ten, Tommy to the bench, and really, really harsh on probably Luke Northmore or maybe Hugh yeah. Jones who drops out. Really I tough. Think Luke Northmore. Yeah, I think maybe as well. Tough because we've got, you know, some real quality in depth, strength in depth. But yeah, it's really, really tough. But, you know, it will be interesting to watch Bristol this weekend. I hope they have a couple of pinged hammies, just like one or two weekers. Don't wish injury on anyone. That's a horrible thing to say, but just like a couple of like key places. Oh, I've got a tight calf next week. Sorry, boys, uh, can't play. It doesn't matter. We'll, <laughs> we'll beat any of them. Yeah, true. Spot we'll, on. We'll beat any of them. The, the other thing for me is they've made about seven or eight changes for the game this week. So they're clearly... I haven't seen their team. Clearly panic stations. All right, it's not working. Let's throw the book at it and mix it up. Sinclair's obviously back in. Um, yeah, and I'm interested to see how they go. My prediction is we'll, we won't see a tri-fest because I feel like Friday night heading into October, it's going to be a bit of a slugfest. Um, I think I think we'll win, but I don't think we'll get a bonus point. Ooh. Yeah. It's not often we win a game without a bonus point though, is it? No, no, no. You're right. You are right. But I think we'll get three. I think we'll get five. I haven't seen the weather, but I Come think... Out. Yeah, all right. We'll see. I'm happy to be proven wrong. 15 from 15. Yeah, too right. Too right. Moving on. We hope you enjoy this segment. We've caught up with Pete Brilly from Bears Beyond the Gate, previewing our game in two weeks' time, Friday night, 7.45 at the Stoop, Harlequins v Bristol Bears. Welcome to the pod, Pete. It's been a little while since we last spoke. It's great to see you. Obviously, a lot has changed since we last spoke. We had uh, the miracle of Bristambul and uh, the Bristol 500 that headed down there. And It never gets old hearing it. It never gets old never hearing gets it. Old. Um, how are you feeling? Good summer. Have you recovered yet? Are you still having nightmares of Tyrone Green? What's, what's the latest? What's new? Well, not just Tyrone Green, there was like Lewis Lider, Alex Dombrand, Danny <laughs> Kerr, Marcus Smith. Yeah. yeah, multiple summer nightmares, it's got to be said. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a great game of rugby. It was tough. It was really tough for Bristol fans to watch that. Um, it, it, it was inexplicable. I don't think anyone still really understands what happened there. I think the best way to describe it is, um, you know, at 28 nil down, we pretty much shut the door but left it tiny little bit of a jar. And then you boys just steamrolled through it. Um, and I must say, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm on your pod. I, I just want to say again, what an amazing effort your travelling fans did that, that day. They were superb. Um, I got nothing but 
um, respect for them. And I think the fact that we maybe Bristol let them all sit in like, you know, the same area, there was obviously we released tickets for that top court of the Lansdowne. Now that doesn't always happen, I think, with, with away fans. Thing. And yeah, it was a COVID thing and, and it really added to the atmosphere. Yeah. And also after the game, and we did have kind of some presentations to players and, and you know, they stuck around and, and it was a good atmosphere. Um, clearly, you have carried on from that. And we still are clearly in some massive hangover situation, having started the season really for our standards or our expectations, I should say, as fans, very, very poorly. Um, uh, you know, when you look at, the fact that after two games, our leading t- try scorer is uh, Max Laheef, then uh, who has only ever scored two tries in his career, and one of them was last week. You know that we're kind of, you know, perhaps uh, working through a bit of pre-season at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's not been great. I'm talking to you the, the night before we play in Bath tomorrow. We've got a big West Country derby. Yeah. Um, we're hoping that that will kickstart our season because they're then they're in a little bit of disarray as well. And I think that if that happens, then I hope that um, we'll get our mojo back and then we can uh, we can come and perform at the stoop a week tomorrow. Hundred percent. What, what do you think it is? It's, it's been a tough and an unexpected start to the season for you lot. I mean. It shocked everyone a bit, really, especially the defeat to Wasps. You're, you're only missing one line in Sinclair, who's obviously back for the Bath game. You're missing Semi for, from Fiji duty or, or whatever he's been up to with Sevens over the summer. What do you think it's been? Were, were Max Malins and Bernal that good or has, has that much changed? What, what do you put it down to? I think it's probably a combination of three things. I think we are weaker uh, than we were. We've lost Bernal, we lost Max Malins, we lost Siali Piatau, who was very much an unheralded uh, player, both on the pitch and off the pitch. And, you know, we haven't um, replaced them like for like. We, we've made a couple of signings. We've got a young French lad who's actually on the bench tomorrow, a centre, Antoine Friche. Um, and, you know, Tom Whiteley, we picked up from Saracens, who's sort of understudy scrum half. Oh, yeah. But I think you could say that we, you know, we are on paper weaker uh, than we were last season. The second thing is we didn't have a proper pre-season game. We had a behind-closed-doors game at Hartbury College and a, and a kind of inter-club game <laughs> uh, behind closed doors. And we were told by, well, Pat actually did a fans Q&A the week before we started and he he was asked about that and he said, no, no, it's not a problem. You know, we've been training really hard. The team are really settled. Uh, they know what they're doing. And then obviously <laughs> we've looked completely undercooked and uh, underprepared. And I think the third thing is, I think there's an element of, of clubs of, you know, well, the two clubs we played, Saracens and Wasps. I think Saracens just played the Saracens way and we got yeah. suffocated out the game. Yeah, it was a dreadful yeah. game of rugby. And I think that was perhaps one. And I think they'll do that to a lot of clubs. But the Wasps game was the worrying one in as much as we then started to try and play the Bristol's way, Bristol way, and they just shut us down. And I think my worry is that our system, our famed system, has perhaps become a bit predictable. So well, they had two weeks to prepare for you, didn't they? And we've yeah. got two weeks to prepare for you as well. So yeah. maybe they, that's- I, I, I mean, I actually went to that Wasps game and, and uh, it was after about 15 minutes, I thought, you know what? I don't think we're going to win this. I think they, they were, they were fresh. They were sharp. They were, their collisions were good. And then, you know, they went every time they got in our red zone, they, they scored when we got in there, 
it just we had about five rolling malls off line outs that didn't go anywhere we dropped the ball it was just all that sloppy stuff that every fan just hates and i'm sure the players hate it as well you know knocking on after a couple of phases loot you know we turned over the ball i think it was like 20 turnovers it was yeah, just it was just really disappointing but you know the good thing about sport as you boys know because you had a terrible start to the season last yeah. year if i remember yeah. rightly yeah, uh, and you know it was right. all in disarray at the stoop yeah. and look what happened to you so yeah. we've always got to be confident we've always got to look to the next game and i don't think we could have asked for anything better than having them from down the road at ashton gate 25000 tickets sold for tomorrow night uh, if the players and the fans can't get up for that then you know what's the point? So I'm I'm pretty I'm confident that we'll come to you a bit more cooked than we have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Will made a pretty good point in an earlier recording. It's unreasonable to think that you'll lose the first four. So I hope you fix it for Bath and then <laughs> unfix it when we play you. Yeah. Um, I've got we haven't got loads of time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to merge with two questions into one here. Um, a very obviously. Thing we should mention very very briefly is the Pat Lamb deal seven years which is amazing to even yeah, think I wow. don't know how that even comes into people's thought of a seven-year head coach that's baffling to me although I'd give Laurie the job for um I'd give uh <laughs> Billy Miller the job for 10 years if I could yeah, um, so let's yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so two things selection at your place who do you th- um for, at our place sorry obviously we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night against Bath but selection at our place Who's in? Who's out? Have you got anyone who might be back? Obviously, we know that we might have Marcus back, potentially Steph back. And then secondly, give us a prediction. I know we did it last year. Yeah. Nobody would have predicted the miracle of Bristol, but give us a give us an indication of what you think might, might happen down at our place. Well, injuries permitting tomorrow night. I mean, we've got Charles Piertau will obviously start. We've got Henry Purdy has come back. He came back on off the bench at Wasps. He's starting tomorrow. If he stays fit, he'll be playing on the wing. Um, Yoen Lloyd has started on the wing. We're kind of short on the wing because Siva Nualago broke his, broke his wrist in pre-season. So he's out until for about eight weeks. So I think Lloyd potentially and Purdy will start. Uh, Sheedy will probably still be fly half. I would imagine Randall starting tomorrow night, first start of the season. And I would like to think he'll start against you because we're going to lose him again. Um, centres are a bit of a problem. We we had uh, Alapati Leua and Piers O'Connor play in the first two games. It didn't really work. So Sam Bedlow is a kind of understudy, pretty big unit, hard tackler, but still a bit green. He's playing tomorrow. But the big question is, 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 our, is our superstar semi... Uh, is he going to be back for your game? And he came back to England not that long ago. So he, he's only really just started training, but he is renowned for being quite fit and, and yeah. stuff. So, and a professional, I hope. So I, I would say I'm going to throw a curveball and say, I think Samuel, that will be his opener. It will be a big game down at the stoop for Semi. Pack, Pack has been a bit poor. I mean, we've put in Joe Joyce and Ed Holmes tomorrow, who are, would probably be... You know, wouldn't be necessarily first choice, but I think we need a bit of filth in in we our do. pack. We need a bit of passion. That was what something I felt at Wasps. It was all just there was nobody really knocking heads. And Nathan Hughes has been dropped for tomorrow night. Um, Stephen Luatua is playing eight, which was a bit of a surprise. Vui's gone to flank, so we're we're looking like we're trying to kind of re-establish a bit of control. But and Dan Thomas has got the uh, got the bullet, and I'm not sure whether he's injured or not. But I, I wonder whether he might come back against you because we do need a proper. 
maybe an open side. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? So I, I think, I, I hope, fingers crossed, we, we'll be a slightly stronger against you than we have been against any of the other things. But, um, you know, but you know what happens, you know, something terrible could happen. Charles Piertau could, uh, you know, his one of his like greasy bits of hair might just go out of place and that might put him out for like two weeks. Or like that. So <laughs> I'm, I'm worried every time, every time the ball goes clear to his side parting, I worry that, you know. We have that worry <laughs> about Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we'll be, you know, we'll, we, we can't really complain about having too many people out because it's the same for everybody, isn't it? All the time. Yeah, of course. And, and on that note of, of people to look out for and a bit of change, we're, we're expecting a couple of changes. Marcus Smith's back with the squad and he'll be back in the mix in the same way that you've got Carl Sinclair back. Um, we're also expecting our captain, Steph Louise to be back in the mix. So we're, we're adding strength to an already pretty strong squad that are going exceptionally well 10 points from 10 who have you got your eye on it i don't know if you've been able to watch many of our games at all is anybody concerned you? Okay. <laughs> I, I purposely haven't watched your games i can't bear to watch it every you. time tyrone green gets like, the ball it's like it starts getting cold sweats it's like a living nightmare watching you like i saw a couple of the highlights i just i just felt sick to the stomach. <laughs> that's no disrespect to yourselves or your players but it was just like reliving like uh, another nightmare. But actually, I forgot, Mike, you did ask me what was my score prediction and oh, I'll go for it. I mean, I I, I have to say Bristol are going to win, but it's obviously going to be, if I say that, I can't see us like, like, you know, beating you by load. So I think I'd like to think it would be uh, a bit like the semi-final, but this time it goes our way. So I'm going to say... Um, I mean, it's hard to say you won't score four tries on any game you play at the moment. And like, that's like bare minimum. So if, we, if that means we're going to have to score about six. So I would say maybe even seven. <laughs> I would say wow. it's going to be like 40-35 to the Bears. On a Friday night at the well, Stoop. I, well, I hope the living nightmare continues and the Tyrone Green runs rings around you. And we're probably going to beat you. I'm going to suggest maybe 43-36. that ring any bells? Come on, you <laughs> <laughs> All I, remember, all I remember is 28 nil. That's all I yeah. remember. And suddenly <laughs> after that, I've, I don't remember anything. Right, yeah. chaps. I think we'll leave it on that note. That's a brilliant way to end. Pete, thank you so much for your time and uh, all the best of Bath. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks at the Stoop. Well, big thanks to Pete for joining us. It's always great to hear a fan view from an opposing club. And whatever happens next week, we can agree that we love watching each other play and we, we hope they get back to winning ways, but not next week against us. That's all we've got time for. We just want to end on a note of thank yous because this week we entered the Sports Podcast Awards. We entered for two categories, the best team podcast of the year and the best rugby podcast of the year. Thank you so much to everybody that's donated and helped us sort of chip away at that cost and in order to be able to enter. We're hoping we're bringing some, some silverware, some more silverware back to the stoop. Um, we'll do an open top bus tour with the trophy if, uh, if we do win. <laughs> it's announced in March time me and you mate we'll, we'll get into central London with the trophy we'll find an open top bus and we'll no, get we'll, there with, we'll, we'll just go we'll down the Queen's it. Anthems playlist on we'll, we'll just get out the speakers <laughs> We'll just get done Twickenham High Street on the 281. <laughs> they got an open-top bus, though? No. <laughs> we need to go Central London, get an open-top bus with the trophy, get a little speaker, play Reef, place your hands. Oh, place your hands. I disagree. I disagree. We'll just go from one end of Tendon High Street to the other end of Twickenham High Street on the 281 on the top thing. It needs an open-top, mate. It needs ah. an open-top. Champions League winners vibes. Yeah, fair. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for your donations. We really appreciate it. And it's... 
your ward as much as it is ours. So thank you very much for that. That's all we've got time for. You've been listening to episode three of Two and Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. We've got the week off now. Roll on Bristol, Friday night, 8th of October, under the lights. Come on, you quins. Come on, you quins! <laughs> See you, everyone.